Well, good morning. Hope all of you had a great Christmas. My name is Daniel. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Central. I'm glad you're with us this morning. I'm not sure if you were able to spend time with your family over the holiday season. Time with family can be great. But if we're honest, sometimes when we are with our family and we're celebrating or supposed to be having a joyful time, conflict can arise. And when there is conflict or hurt in any kind of relationship, forgiveness is the key to healing. An extremely important prayer that we all must learn to pray because we all live in relationships. And we will all have conflict in our relationships, whether that be family or friendships or other relationships. And and the, the prayer that we need to learn to pray is the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. When he said, pray like this, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The two sayings, I forgive you or will you forgive me, cut to the heart of relationship. I forgive or will you forgive can be the most powerful words said in a relationship. Because it gets to the root of relational dysfunction. Adam and Eve's sin in Genesis chapter 3 ushered brokenness into a perfect created order. In particular, ushered brokenness into our relationships. Our relationship with God is broken. And our relationship with one another is broken. Therefore, the greatest need we have is reconciliation. To be reconciled with God and to be reconciled with one another. And forgiveness is how reconciliation happens. Forgiveness is a hard thing to understand. It's even more difficult to practice and live out. But it is critical to the flourishing of every significant relationship. Patty Griffin, a singer-songwriter, has a song titled Forgiveness. And she sings, it's hard to give and it's hard to get, but everybody needs forgiveness. It's hard to give and it's hard to get. Here's the truth about everyone in this sanctuary this morning in regards to forgiveness. All of us need to say, I forgive you. And will you forgive me? In your relationships, we all need to extend forgiveness and receive forgiveness. Because here's a fact. Everyone in here is both a sinner and one who has been sinned against. Everyone in here is both a villain and a victim of sin. And when we reject the opportunity to forgive or to ask for forgiveness, the relationship suffers. But if we choose to practice true true forgiveness, then that relationship can move forward beyond where it was even before the conflict. So we're going to look at Matthew 18 this morning as we look at forgiveness. We're going to be taking a break out of our series in Ephesians this week and next week. This morning, we're going to be looking at forgiveness out of Matthew 18. So I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able as I read God's word to us this morning. This is his word to us. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. 
And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. And he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. They went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Isaiah tells us the grass withers and the flowers fade, but God's word endures forever. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you would speak to us this morning. Lord God, that you would give us ears to hear, that our hearts would be open to being changed and our lives would be radically altered because we encounter you this morning through your word. Would your spirit speak unto our spirit? Would the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, the one who has the privilege of sharing your word, would, would it be pleasing in your sight? Lord God, would you speak to us? We need to hear from you. Lord Jesus, let us listen. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to look at three things this morning in regards to forgiveness. We're going to look at the process of forgiveness, the cost of forgiveness, and then the how of forgiveness. The process, the cost, and the how. We'll look first at the process of forgiveness in verses 21 to 22. Peter comes up to Jesus and asks Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. Peter thinks he's being pretty generous, pretty noble to suggest seven times. But Jesus rebukes Peter. says, I don't say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, Jesus is not doing multiplication here. He's not saying, no, Peter, not seven times, but 70 times 7, which equals 490. And when 491 comes, you're finished. Only 490. That's not what Jesus is saying. Instead, he is saying, Peter, forgiveness has no limits. How many times are you to forgive, Peter? Over and over and over. There is no limit to the times in which you are to forgive. Now, Jesus is making a big point about what forgiveness is. We often think that forgiveness is a one-and-done deal. Once we've extended forgiveness, then we're done with it. No. No, Jesus is saying it is something that must be continually practiced. You all know this to be true in your own experience. You get in a fight with your spouse or with your friend or with a co-worker or with a child or a parent. And finally, say you're the one who's been sinned against. Somebody asks you for forgiveness. And you might say, I forgive you. 
But the next time you see them or another conflict arises, anger or bitterness can come creeping in as you remember what has happened before. And this is when forgiveness must be extended again. Let me give you a personal example. Growing up in the Mason family, patience was not the greatest virtue for any of us. I can remember many times trying to do something and my dad coming over and just pushing me aside and and doing it for me. Doing it instead of letting me struggle and learn. And, And it was an impatience that led to the hurt that it caused me. I I was never allowed to struggle, never allowed to learn. I either had to do it right quickly or my dad would take over. Now, my brother and I would joke about this growing up and we we would laugh, but the truth and the reality is that it caused some, some hurt and pain. And my dad, a few years ago when I was home for Christmas, said, I'm sorry, Daniel. I really am sorry that I was not patient with you and Travis. I wish I would have been more patient. Will you forgive me? And that was a huge time with me and my father. I was able to say, I forgive you. And forgiveness was extended. But it didn't end there because we're all sinners. And my dad would get impatient again just the following year. I would be home for Christmas again and I was outside trying to fix my car and my dad came outside and quickly took over and kind of pushed me to the side. And I could have easily have let anger and bitterness well up, which I often do. Or I could have practiced forgiveness. So hear this. Forgiveness is a process. It is something that must be extended when asked for, but it's practiced in the future. Let me say that again. It is extended when asked for, but it is practiced in the future. Let me clarify two common misunderstandings with forgiveness. Here's the first. The truth. It's a process. Therefore, it's not a past event that results in forgetting what has happened. I don't know how many of you have heard the old saying, forgive and forget. Some would even quote scripture, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34. says, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. The word remember in Jeremiah, it's not a memory word. It's a promise word. It's a covenantal word. It's a promise that if we confess our sins to God, he will not treat us as our sins deserve, but forgive us. You cannot forget abuse. You cannot forget the time when you were yelled at or or lied to or manipulated. And the Bible does not ask you to have amnesia. God does not have amnesia in regards to our sin towards Him. Instead, it says that He will not treat us as our sins deserve. He will offer forgiveness. So it is with us. We don't forget the sin, but we extend forgiveness And we don't retaliate. We don't treat someone as their sin deserves. Here's a second misunderstanding. The truth, forgiveness is a process. Therefore, it's not a past event that requires you to be sinned against in the same way in the future. It's not a past event that requires you to be sinned against in the same way in the future. I think many people think if 
If I forgive someone, that means I have to open myself up to be sinned against in the same way. No, it does not. The Bible does not say forgiveness makes it easy for people to sin against you. In fact, the Bible tells us to confront the sin and the sinner. Right before verses 21 to 35 here in Matthew 18, in Matthew 18 verses 15 to 20, Jesus gives instruction that if someone sins against you, it should be confronted, not ignored. Now, Many of you here this morning need to hear this. You need to get out of abusive relationships. You need to draw boundaries that protect you. Forgiveness doesn't mean allowing sin to happen to you. So how many times should you forgive? 70 times 7. Over and over and over. But it doesn't mean Allowing yourself to be sinned against in the same way over and over and over. So the Lord's Prayer says, Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgiveness is as often as our daily bread. It is a process for the rest of our lives. Well, that's the process. Let's look secondly at the cost of forgiveness in verses 23 to 31. Jesus gives a parable to Peter. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wishes to settle accounts with his servants. One servant was brought that owed 10,000 talents. He couldn't pay the master back, so the master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children, payment made, and the servant fell on his knees pleading for mercy and for forgiveness. And the master forgave the debt and released the servant. See, forgiveness involves absorbing the cost. The master absorbed the 10,000 talent debt that was owed to him. Someone had to pay for the debt. And so the master or the king absorbed the debt and forgave the servant. When you forgive someone, you are choosing to absorb the cost and not make the offender pay. When someone wrongs you, there is an internal debt There's a sense that they now owe you, that they have to pay. They need to suffer for what they've done to you. But when you forgive someone, it's not forgetting, but it's a promise to not count it against them, to absorb the cost yourself. Timothy Lane and Paul Tripp in their book, Relationships, a Mess Worth Making, make a few comments about this forgiveness being a promise to not count it against them and, and absorbing the cost. And here are three things they say. They say it's a promise not to bring up debt as leverage. For example, months down the road, you, you cannot say, hey, hey, you remember that time you did this to me? Now you need to do this for me. That's not forgiveness. You cannot bring up debt as leverage. The second thing, it's a promise not to bring up the offense to other people. It could be very easy to say, I forgive you, and then you go tell other people what they did to you, and you slander and you gossip about that person. This is not forgiveness. Third, it's a promise not to dwell on the offense. And this is hard, hard for me it would be easy to simmer and let the hurt boil 
But dwelling on the offense is not forgiveness. Forgiveness is costly. It's a call to absorb the cost yourself. But catch this, not forgiving is more costly. A failure to forgive, it will change you. And now famous and often used quote by Anne Lamott, she said this, not forgiving is like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. (laughs) See, watch what happens in verse 28. The servant who had been forgiven went out, found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and he seized him and began to choke him and he said, pay what you owe. And the fellow servant pleaded for mercy, but he refused to extend forgiveness and he put him in prison. Not forgiving changed the servant into a tyrant who wanted to make the fellow servant pay. Not Not forgiving someone becomes poison and it will change you. The anger and the bitterness, it'll grow and grow and grow. And what began as a conflict with a spouse or a friend or a parent will begin to bleed into every area of your life and impact all relationships. When we do not extend forgiveness, we will be one of two people. We will either be a barrier Right? Someone who buries, ignores, excuses, denies. You'll say things like, well, it, it just wasn't that big of a deal. I was mad, but now I'm over it. But the reality is you're far from over it. You, you think about it often. You replay it in your mind. Many of you need to deal with past pain and hurt that you've avoided that you've buried, that you've tried to play as no big deal. You act like it's nothing, but you still think about it. You're very aware of it, and it's affecting you. You're either a barrier or you're a venter. You have to vent. You have to get it out. You have to get the hurt out. And you become this ticking time bomb waiting to go off on someone. And and the person you go off on is left wondering, what the heck? just happened? Where did that come from? And it comes from a place of pain and hurt that's not been dealt with. A place where forgiveness has not been extended. Many of you need to deal with the pain and hurt which you've not forgiven because you're becoming a person who cares less and less about healing with people and more and more about just getting stuff off your chest. And you're blowing up on people left and right. I promise you, if you do not engage with forgiveness, it will be like poison and it will affect all of your relationships. Forgiveness is costly. You must absorb the cost, but it's more costly if you do not forgive. So how do we do this? Because forgiveness is hard. Look lastly at the how of forgiveness. And we see it in verses 32 to 33. Verse 32, the master heard about the servant he forgave and his lack of forgiveness. Verse 33, he says, and should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? The parable, we are meant to insert ourselves into the story, into the parable. And when we insert ourselves into this parable, we must realize we are the unmerciful servant. That's who we are. We we are the ones who bury and vent 
And we're being changed for the worse because we do not extend forgiveness. And God is saying to us this morning, should you not have had mercy on others as I have had mercy on you? Should you not extend mercy as I have extended mercy to you? Jesus is teaching this parable as he is moving towards Jerusalem. Jesus has set his face towards the cross. The cross is the place where the Lord Jesus, the one who knew no sin, became sin. Jesus was counted among the transgressors. Jesus, the perfect, blameless Son of God, absorbed the cost of our sin. Jesus paid the price. He laid down his life to ransom us and to redeem us, to turn us from debtors of sin to debtors of mercy. And Jesus hanging on the cross, looks out at the crowd and prays, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus extends forgiveness for all the times we ignore him and disobey him and reject him. The price had to be paid. Justice had to be enforced. And at the cross of Jesus, justice and mercy kiss Jesus took the cost. He bore the wrath of God and the justice for sin. And he extends forgiveness and mercy. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. That's good news. For those of you who who are not Christians, that is the offer of the gospel to you. Forgiveness. Freely offered. As you trust in Christ. For those of you who are Christians, I hope that warms and stirs your heart yet again this morning as we need His forgiveness yet again. Well, the book, play, movie, Les Mis by Victor Hugo, often quoted in sermons. I try not to reference it too much because of that, but there are two main characters in the story, two Men who've been touched by grace and forgiveness. One is Jean Valjean, who gets referenced the most. and The second is Javert. Jean Valjean spends 19 years in prison for stealing. And when released, he breaks parole, becomes a fugitive, and is pursued by Javert, who's a policeman. And Valjean continues his thieving ways. He's Still silver from a priest that hosts Valjean in his home. And Valjean is caught, brought back to the priest. And, and the priest, when, in, when asked by the police officer, lies. and says that Valjean didn't steal from him. In fact, Valjean forgot the candlesticks that he also intended to give. And he left them behind. And in that moment, we see Valjean converted by this grace extended by the priest, by this forgiveness. And he spends the rest of his life extending that grace to others. You have Javert, the police officer, who spends his life pursuing Valjean. He is the seeker of justice. And the climax of the story is when the rebels capture Javert. They're about to put him to death and Jean Valjean is among the rebels and he comes to his nemesis Javert who has been pursuing him for 19 years and Valjean grants Javert his life, sets him free. Forgiveness and grace 
extended to Javert. And then we see Javert's response to this incredible forgiveness. He couldn't accept it. He couldn't understand how Valjean could do such a thing. Valjean had every reason to kill him. Instead, he extends grace and forgiveness. And Javert cannot cope with it. He couldn't receive it. And he commits suicide. Two men touched by forgiveness and grace. One who receives it and thus extends it becomes a reflection of love and forgiveness towards others. The other who is unable to accept forgiveness and is unable to extend it and it ends in self-destruction. Will you be someone who lives life through the lens of what people have done to you? If so, you'll never forgive. You'll never receive forgiveness. You'll never be able to extend it. And it will be poison. And you will self-destruct. Or will you be someone who lives life through the lens of what Jesus has done for you? If so, you'll be able to extend that same grace and forgiveness to others. Now, I'm not going to right now, maybe... Another service, I would do this. But right now, if we did this thing, I I would stop the service and I I would want to give just five to ten minutes for you to ponder two questions that I want to give to you before we end. I'm not going to give you five to ten minutes, but I, I want to encourage you to take these two questions home with you and think about them later today. Think about them, please. Think about them. Here are the two questions. Who have you been a sinner towards that you might need to say, will you forgive me? Who have you sinned against that you might need to say, will you forgive me? Secondly, who has sinned against you that you might need to say, I forgive you? Who are you withholding forgiveness from? Jesus offers grace and forgiveness to all of us this morning. And the gospel of grace allows us to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would help us to see the the cost, the cost that you pay to forgive our sins and to reconcile us to yourself. And we would see the grace and the mercy freely offered and, and rich and would we be overwhelmed by it that we could extend that same forgiveness and that same grace and love to those who, who have even hurt us. Those some intentionally and others unintentionally. Lord God, would we, would we receive your forgiveness this morning? afresh and would we be people who extend it quickly because we know we know how much you love us so would we love others in that same way it's in jesus name we pray amen